Our scripture reading this evening is from the very familiar words of Psalm 23. We are continuing our uh, series for the next uh, few Lord's Days, the Lord willing, of our creatures in the Bible. Uh, hope next week to look at uh, the wisdom of Solomon and then uh, return uh, the first Sunday of May to a very familiar passage uh, that I have preached on several times over the years here at Little Farms. But uh, that is uh, according to the will of God. Tonight, though, it's Psalm 23. Our uh, text is really only going to be the first four verses. That is what we're going to center on uh, this evening, uh, although I'm going to read the entire psalm. Let us hear these beautiful words of comfort and hope for us as God's people. It's a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we do thank you again for your word, for the fact that it is a living word that you have given to us. It is living, Father, because you have breathed into this word and your spirit, Father, breathes this word out into our hearts and into our lives. May it cause us, Father, to reflect deeply upon this beautiful relationship that you describe to us in your word, the relationship that you have to us as your people. In Christ's name. God's people say, Amen. One of the interesting things uh, I came across uh, just sort of uh, uh, in, in uh, preparation for this is the fact uh, nobody can pinpoint when this psalm was written. We know it's written by David. We know David was a shepherd, but we don't know when. Somehow in my mind, I, I don't know why, uh, I've always thought of Psalm 23 as being written by David when he was a shepherd, when, when he was young. But yet, as, as several commentators have pointed out, that wouldn't necessarily fit with the last two verses. The last two verses seem to point to some more experience that David might have had in life. Indeed, the whole psalm, they point out, speaks of some maturity of life, that, that one is perhaps looking back upon one's life and seeing the way in which the shepherd has guided their life. But there is no designation as to when. 
So it could have been written when he was young, just a shepherd boy. It could have been written in the early stages of his reign as king or uh, through some of the hard and difficult times that David went through. Or it could be a latter reflection of great maturity, looking back over his life. I think the thing about Psalm 23 is this. It fits whatever stage of life we are at. And maybe that's why it has this richness and depth to it, to us as God's people. Because it speaks to all of us in all phases, at all times of our lives. But especially this evening, I I want us to think about it in terms of the time in which we live. Uh, I'm not going to reference that so much as I go through the rest of the sermon, but I want you to just think about it in the context of which we are living today. The context of the fact that we're not together in the sanctuary this evening, worshiping. The context of the fact that many of you are, are not being able to go to work or that others of you who do go to work have to wear masks and gowns and all those sorts of things, that we have to use special precautions because we're dealing with a, a virus that, that has many alarmed and many fearful. We're living in that context, but not only in terms of that, it's the economics of all of this as well, isn't it? There are some grave concerns about the economic recovery. There are grave concerns about whether or not we'll ever come back to anything like the middle of January. Will I ever get my job back? Will any of this? And how are we paying for all the money that is being doled out for all of this? But then there's even beyond that, isn't it? It, it, it goes from that, that medical aspect to the economic to the international. What is this going to do? With fingers pointing and wagging at one another, with all sorts of suspicions going on, some which come with some pretty good validity to them, others which are perhaps just thrown out there. Wonder what's going to happen internationally. How will this all pan out? It's good for us to come back to this psalm and to be reminded even in our context, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So let's look at three things from these first four verses then this evening. First of all, that we are called sheep. Secondly, that we are his sheep. And that thirdly, we have a good shepherd. We are called sheep. In the attachment, uh, I think, or it came along with the email uh, of the outline, I had uh, five verses selected. I could have added many, many more, but that might simply belabor the point. But you might want to do that research. Just look up or Google, how many times in the Bible are we called sheep? Are God's people referenced as sheep? Here's some examples. Psalm 78, 52. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. Psalm 79, 13. But we 
your people. The sheep of your pasture will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. And of course, these words from Isaiah 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or this passage from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 30 and 31. And they shall know that I am the Lord their, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God is with them. And that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture. And I am your God, declares the Lord God. Or these words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 25. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. There probably is no more consistent imagery given in the Bible that God uses, that God inspires the Holy Spirit to have author after author after author after author to use to describe his relationship to us as his people other than this relationship of the shepherd and the sheep. It's a vivid image. It's a real vivid image that God gives to us. And it's worthy for us to reflect upon and to think about how are we like sheep and how is the Lord like a shepherd? For once we understand those images that God gives to us, I think it will deepen our understanding of the relationship that God truly has with us as his people. But you know, when we turn to Psalm 23, verse 1, this is not the fact that we are his sheep. It is not just, oh, yeah, here's all these Bible passages that tell us that. Psalm 23, verse 1, is a personal acknowledgement of it. Listen to the psalmist The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's an open acknowledgement. That is a profession. I was actually thinking this week. There is, in a nutshell, a profession of faith. When one can say, with all the meaning that is attached to this image, the Lord is my shepherd. That truly is one's profession of faith. Because you see, when one acknowledges that the Lord is my shepherd, you're also acknowledging then that you are a sheep. You're making that statement. If the Lord is your shepherd, then you are a sheep. 
The Lord is not the shepherd of the goats. The Lord is not the shepherd of camels. The Lord is not the shepherd of horses or cows. The Lord shepherds his sheep. And if he is my shepherd, then I am one of those sheep. I am not a goat. I'm not a goat. Remember Matthew chapter 25? He will separate them. There are sheep and there are goats. Some on his right, some on his left. Some go to be with him in glory. Some go to their eternal destiny in hell for judgment. I am not a goat. The Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep. And he is my shepherd. And yet, we also have to dig just a little bit deeper yet. And we have to look at the fact that that he is my shepherd because he has ownership over me. He's my shepherd. I belong to him. We are called his sheep. Turn with me if you have your Bibles along with you this evening, sitting there on your lap, to Psalm 100. The women just sang that a few minutes ago, right? And we sang these words also. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture. We belong to him. He owns us. And what a comfort and what a blessing it is to be owned by the Lord. Turn back with me to to Psalm 95. We sang this psalm at, at the beginning of our worship. Psalm 95. And of course, the page won't cooperate. Psalm 95, 6 and 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. We are called His sheep. Why? Why are we called his sheep? Why is that reference made? Well, I'm I'm going to give you four reasons very quickly. The first reason is this. We are his sheep because he chose us. He chose us to be his sheep. He wanted you and he wanted me to be the people of his pasture. But he did not choose us because of the fact that we're such good sheep. He didn't choose us because we produce such good wool. He chose us, says Ephesians, before the foundations of the world. Before we were even in existence. Before there was anything to acknowledge about us, He chose us. Secondly, we are his sheep, not only because he chose us, but then he made us. 
He created us. Did you hear that line from Psalm 95? For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The sheep of his hand. We go back to to the book of Genesis in chapter 2, verse 7, where we read, as man is created, God formed him. I don't know if you have ever thought about that or not. That verse, that language. It it isn't that, that God goes, poof, there's man. All right? It isn't that that man's creation, in a sense, was instantaneous. God formed him. That means there was care taken. That means God shaped, God molded, God brought together this man to be designed exactly the way that he would have him formed and made. Even as we read in Psalm 139, right? That that same idea. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You brought me together. You formed me in the inward parts. This This is detail. This isn't just a poof. This is God thoughtfully, carefully making, shaping each one of us. Not just Adam, but you and I. Why? Because we are his sheep. He chose us. He created us. But what did we do? Isaiah 53, right? We wandered away. We went and got ourselves all messy. We got ourselves all dirty. We got ourselves all polluted. We got ourselves so covered with dirt that the dirt is not only outside, it is inside. We are filthy inwardly and we act filthy outwardly. But we are his sheep. So what does God do when the sheep of his flock wander away? What does God do? What's the picture? He leaves, right? And he goes and seeks. This is what God does. He comes into this world. And what does he do? He ransoms us, is the language of Scripture. He purchased us. He redeemed us. He brings us back. How? By what means? Now think of this. What do we acknowledge Jesus Christ as? He is the what? The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He too is a sheep. Just like us. He also is a sheep. What an amazing thing is going on here. God sends his son to be one of us so that through him, through his blood, through his atonement, we might become and belong again in the fold of God. Even though he chose us, created us, now he purchases us, he ransoms us, he redeems us. And then what? He recreates us. 
What are we told in the New Testament but that in Christ we are a new creation? In what sense are we, we a new creation as a sheep? Well, let's think about it this way. As a sheep, I am covered with the wool of the spotless Lamb of God. See, if we're going to take the imagery that God is giving us here, how does that work out? I mean, we, we use the language, you know, his robes of righteousness and, and so on. But if we're going to continue the imagery that God gives to us in the word, if we use that imagery to understand it, then it, the idea is we are covered with the wool of Christ, the pure white wool of Christ, the glorious, holy, perfect, spotless, wool of Christ is that which covers you and I. We are his sheep. Chosen, created, redeemed, recreated. That's who we are. The Lord is my shepherd. See, when one makes that as their profession of faith, this is all that it entails, you see. This, this is all part of it. Understanding the whole process and plan and work of salvation. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, what kind of shepherd is the Lord? Well, how, do, how, how does that imagery of the fact that the Lord is my shepherd, help me to understand the relationship that God has with me as one of his people. Well, the Bible continually uses the, the picture of the fact, for example, in John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Well, in what sense is he the good shepherd? Well, in John chapter 10, we certainly get the understanding, do we not, that the good shepherd is the good one because he actually cares for the sheep. He actually cares for us. He's not the hireling. He's not the guy just hired to do a job. As soon as threats comes, he runs away. As soon as the wolf comes, he runs away. Gets bored with the job, forgets about us as a sheep. No, he is the good shepherd because he cares for us. How much? John 10, 15. So much so that he lays down his life for the sheep. He is willing to die for his sheep. So great is his care. So great is his love for us. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We read in verse 11. Isaiah 40, 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently leads those that are with young. What a beautiful picture, my friends, of God's shepherding of you and I. 
He cares. All that compassion, that love, that tenderness, that gentleness of the good shepherd. But now we make our way back to Psalm 23. How else is he a good shepherd? Not only that he cares for us as his sheep, but that he leads us as his sheep. That's why he is my shepherd. What does he do? He leads. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This is where the Lord brings you and I. The Lord as our shepherd brings you and I by the quiet waters. Not the rushing waters that we might step in and be swept away. Not the great ocean currents. Not the riptides of Lake Michigan. He leads us by the quiet waters. This is where God takes us. God always desires for us to be led by the quiet waters. Peace. Peace. The relationship that God has with you and I is the relationship of peace. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> it's God's desire that we and Him are always at peace with one another. He leads me, verse 3, in paths of righteousness. He leads me to places of holiness. He leads me to places of growth. He leads me to that which is good and beneficial and helpful to me spiritually. This is where God always brings you and I as his people. Does it always make sense that way from a worldly perspective? No. But it does from God's perspective. And you see, the trust here is of the sheep saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I know what the Lord is doing. The Lord is leading me to peace and the Lord is leading me to righteousness. He's leading me to holiness. This is where the Lord is taking me in life. Right now, right now, in the midst of all that's going on in this world, in the midst that's all that's happening in your life and my life, this is what God is doing. He is my shepherd. That's your and my testimony. That's our profession of faith. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, what is the Lord as your shepherd doing? He's leading you to peace with him. And he's leading you to righteousness. But he not only cares, he not only leads, he also provides. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. 
And because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no want. I am fully provided for and satisfied in Him. I am complete in Him. I am filled in Him. See, if I'm thinking, see, as we live life, if we're living life with this, well, God, God fills me 50%. I, I get about 50% of what I need out of God. But the world, need, I, I get about 50% of what I need out of the world. Well, that would be miserable right now, wouldn't it? Because the Lord's always supplying his 50%. But the world isn't giving you their 50, is it? But you see, the profession of the sheep, the acknowledgement of faith of the sheep, is that because the Lord is my shepherd, everything I need comes from Him. The world does not give me anything I need. Only the Lord does. Only the Lord does. Do I need? Use an example of perhaps somebody, that 40,000 that you lost in the stock market. No, I don't need that. All that I need comes from the shepherd who gives me all I need for life and godliness. He provides. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. <laughs> Interesting, right? Why wouldn't the sheep know enough to lie down in the green pastures? Why does the shepherd make me lie down? Because I, as a sheep, don't always know when I'm in the green pastures. My friends, what has God done to many of us in the last five weeks of life? He slowed life way, way down. Why? Because there is the green pasture of our relationship with Him, of our relationship with our family, of our time spent in the Word and prayer. But you know what? So often we are so busy with life, we're so busy running here and there, we're so busy with school activities, we're so busy with sports, we're so busy with work, we're so busy with this activity and that activity, we're even so busy with church, we don't have time for God. What has He just done? He's made us. He made us lie down. Maybe part of all of that is happening is just so that the church, so that the sheep of his pasture pause in the green pasture 
He's given us that we've been too busy to notice. We've been running through the green pasture. We've been bypassing the green pasture. Maybe some of you still are. Maybe some of us still are. We're trying to avoid God stopping us, halting us, making us lie down. Draw upon me. Find your strength in me. Find your hope in me. Find your joy in me. I'm the good shepherd. And I give you everything you need. He not only cares, he not only leads, he not only provides, but he also guards. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I'm so powerful? Because I'm so strong? Because Bob Van Manen's faith is so great? No. Why do I fear no evil? Because you're with me. <laughs> My shepherd is with me. My shepherd is with me with his rod and with his staff. That rod. When you look in the, the original, the, the term that's used here, it means more the idea of a club. As I understand it, it had two functions. One, it was a weapon. That's its other term. Club is used as a weapon. But it was also used to, to count, to point out sheep and to count those who are his, to make sure that the shepherd had all of his sheep. God leads me, even in the valley of the shadow of death. With what? With his rod. With his club. Remember that, that club uh, that Tom and Ruth brought back from Kenya? Used it as a children's illustration a, a couple of years ago. Remember what they use it for? It's a snake beater. Yeah, it's a snake beater. You kill the snakes with the club. That's what God does. Why do I fear no evil even as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Because God is clubbing. My shepherd is clubbing the, sa sa the serpent. He is clubbing the devil. He is clubbing the snake. So that what? Death has no power over me any longer. God gives us the victory in Jesus Christ. And God always counts us. The devil cannot take me from his hand. Even death can't rob me from being part of the flock of God. He leads me with his rod, his word, his word. What does Jesus use in the wilderness to deal with Satan? The word of God. What is the club that my shepherd gives his word. He speaks. And Satan scurries away. He speaks. And Satan is destroyed. I will not fear. Because you are with me. And you as my shepherd not only, Lord, have your rod. You also have your staff. You lead. You guide. You govern through your spirit. And that spirit isn't some entity out there, is it? 
Not for us as His sheep. Where is the Spirit? Here, right here. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. I will not fear for you. You, my shepherd, are with me. Your rod and your staff, that Holy Spirit, are with me. Oh, what a beautiful picture God gives to us in His Word of a creature, a creature, a sheep. We would probably, generally, if we didn't know the Word, if we didn't know the Bible, and we just went out and watched sheep for a week, we'd probably go, what strange animals. What kind of weird animal is this? This is, these are unique things. They don't seem to know much. They don't seem to be highly intelligent. They seem to consume an awful lot and don't seem to produce too much. What are these strange creatures? What an odd creature. And yet it is that creature, a sheep, that God says, now listen, listen to me. Let's talk about this. Let me tell you about my relationship with you. You're a sheep. And I'm the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I care about you. I lead you. I provide for you. And I guard you. You're my sheep. You're my sheep because I sent my only son to be one of you. And he sacrificed as the Lamb of God, to take away your sin. You're my sheep. You belong to me. The Bible can tell you over and over and over this beautiful picture. But tonight, but tonight I hope that it's your profession of faith that you can truly say this evening, the Lord is my shepherd. If you do not know him, if you are not part of his flock, and yet you're feeling right now the fact that I think I want to be, that's the Holy Spirit at work in you, friend. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to the Lord. Submit to that Spirit. If you need counsel in that regard, talk to myself, talk to one of the elders when we're back together. Call them. And come to enjoy. The fact that the Lord is your shepherd too. Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this flock. Oh yeah. What a blessing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, for its promises to us. 
in this evening hour and pray, Lord, that we might live this week, this month, this year, this decade, all the days that you give to us here and all the days that you will give to us in glory, that we will live with this beautiful knowledge and truth that you are our shepherd and we are your sheep. In Christ's name, God's people say, Amen. At this time, we'll sing Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. After that, we'll follow with uh, the words uh, that will also be printed, Now blessed be Jehovah God, and uh, sing out these beautiful hymns and songs of praise to the glory of God.